Welcome to Worship Story. My name is Zach Barker. Today's episode is an interview. It's a conversation with another worship pastor. And very excited because initially when I started wanting to do this podcast, this was the the intent of what I wanted to do. I'm so intrigued and fascinated by the story that God is writing in and through each of us. And so today's conversation is exploring the story of someone else in hopes that by hearing a story being written in other people's hearts, that we might continue to press into the greater story that God is writing around us and honestly see a little bit of our own, that we might learn maybe some new pathways to personal worship or that we might be inspired to learn just another way of how unique our God is and how different people are in the vast landscape of corporate church worship. And so very excited today. My guest is a friend of mine for a long time named Dominic McCalsick. We worked together at a church about 10 years ago for a long time. He and I uh, co-led a lot of worship experiences and um, but since then, has uh, we've we've both been on staff at other churches, and I've gotten married, and you'll hear a little bit about this. But we each have married other worship pastors, and so our wives are also in this world with us, and so we just have such a kindredness. Um, and Dom has a lot of great experience and just such a humble heart, and so very excited for you to hear from him today. So let's get to it. My guest today is Dominic McCalsick. Uh Dom, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Um, I'm coming in. I'm coming in uh, excited to talk to you because honestly, it's like my wife rolled me out of my cave that I was in during COVID, and now I get to talk to another human. So, oh, wow! Glad so, that I can provide yeah, that is, service for you. This is mainly about human interaction at this point. Just that. I had, <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm coming in excited <laughs> oh well i will i will try to live up to uh the human interaction that you probably need right now um, i sure do <laughs> well man thank you for coming on today um i'm i'm super fascinated by uh the story that god is writing in all of us um, but especially the story being written in people who are actively trying to create worship experiences for others mm-hmm. and so i'm excited to learn honestly, more about God's story through your story. Mm. Uh, so let's just go back to the beginning. Um, uh, Dom, Dom Genesis chapter, chapter one, chapter two, <laughs> not creation. I don't, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need to know that. But Dom well, chapter two, uh, uh, where did you grow up? And what was your experience with church? Yeah, I grew up in right outside of Hamburg, Germany. So that's in northern Germany. Um, it's a city uh, quite like Seattle, I guess, in the Pacific Northwest, where you got a you know harbor and you got uh, lots of water. You know, there's a, a river flowing through Hamburg that influences a lot of what the city's like. Um, it is always gray and always rainy. Like normally, it'll be 
42 in rain for six months of the year and oh my gosh not super fun i mean this is maybe a little exaggerated but pretty accurate to what hamburg weather is like all the time yeah so and they always say that when you're from hamburg you got to have thick skin just because of you know the the circumstances of weather aren't that easy so you kind of have to fight the the seasonal depression just by being around hamburg so i grew up in hamburg outside of hamburg big city in germany now what christianity is like there is um, you know, Germany obviously has a very rich history of uh, the Reformation and of uh, Christianity spreading through, even the Bible being translated into German and all that stuff. So that's pretty amazing when you look at the very long history of Germany and Martin yeah. Luther and all that stuff. And then, you know, I find myself in that journey where Christianity, Germany has kind of moved on from Christianity in a lot of ways. Uh, as it comes to practicing their faith or living it out. So you have a ton of people still in, uh, non, like in the, in the Protestant church or the Catholic church on a, on a um, roster somewhere, mm. and they'll pay even taxes to be uh, married and then get buried at that church. So they're technically a member, member of that church, oh, but wow. they only show up for those events basically. And so there's, they say there's about two to 3% believing Christians, I believe in, in Germany. And so uh, very, very much a post-Christian culture because everyone knows the story. Like people can tell you, we have like a holiday, the day of Pentecost is a holiday in Germany, like an observed holiday, hmm. you know? And so Germans can even explain Pentecost. Oh yeah, it's Holy Spirit came down, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So, it's, so they wow. know the gospel story. A lot of Germans at least do, and then just have moved on. So I grew up in a home that people had actually encountered Jesus. So my mom, my dad, both uh, encountered Jesus in different times. For another podcast, I'll tell my entire story of just like the beauty even of my, my dad grew up, uh, he was four when World War II ended, okay. which is crazy to think because I don't feel so removed. Yeah. But he was four, his dad, which is my grandpa, died in the war fighting on the German side. Wow. His oldest brother was 19 and died in the war fighting on the German side. So he fled from Eastern Germany to Western Germany with his family. And his mom died shortly after. So he was orphaned by the war, grew up in Germany. And he says that, um, he said, he passed away since, but he said that um, the one meal that his brothers and him would get for certain would be on a Sunday at a church. They would, mm. give them, they would provide them a meal on a Sunday. So early on in my dad's life, he had some kind of reference to the church being a positive place, being an orphaned, living in a war-torn country, but having the security of a meal on a Sunday from a church family. So, wow. you know, but, and then it, you know, took another decade and a half or so. I think it's late teenage years, early 20s, he like encountered Jesus, you know, started to change life. And then, yeah, him and my mom met when, when he was in his thirties, but yeah, well, so that's, that's, I grew up at home. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's yeah. that's a sermon yeah. right there what you just told us dude i know i mean that's every once in a while you step back and think about how did how did Christ, how did jesus do that in my life and the yeah. legacy that my dad and my mom you know i'm thinking of my dad because he's passed my mom is still alive and living in germany but yeah the legacy that he's passed on mm. in all of the craziness one of those things for sure is that that guy had encountered jesus and was wow. changed so and he had all kinds of reasons not to be, you know, had all yeah. kinds of reasons to be hardened and be uh, angry and 
but he like you could like he had anger sometimes you know he was good like he was he was always bad at hiding his emotions like he would always tell like sure. oh, he really doesn't like that person and he can, <laughs> he's like but man could you tell that jesus had changed him so man that's yeah. beautiful so yeah. growing up in in a home like you said that obviously there's this legacy of not mm-hmm. just faith but of expectation of encountering god and encountering and what the church what the gathered church could mean like whether physically for a meal or spiritually Um, right how how did you get into leading worship yeah um my my parents always like had highlighted music in our family so even my siblings don't don't have the natural ability had to practice the violin and, and the, the piano at some point oh, yeah. so are, are your think, parents musical are your parents musicians i'm not even sure that's the bizarre thing they like my mom would never listen to music like that's like they, you know in the car she didn't like music or sound at all like it was almost no, like no sound at all no yeah just be quiet this is her like she had six you know five older siblings so it was just like too oh, much yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah no i get and that so, but also I realized later in life, like my parents never listened to anything. Like they, they, there's never music. Other oh, than, how interesting. Other than the music we played, you know, and then maybe like once in the moon, we'll, I'll come home and they have like classical music playing. It's like, what's going on? Like what's happening in this, you know, situation? what's wrong? What's yeah, going yeah. on? Are we having to talk? Because I wasn't ready for, but, um, but so, I mean, the music was deep, deeply ingrained in our family. And then also church music and church were like the two things we were, involved in heavily all the time and so my older siblings all played music at some point and so uh at some point when i was 12 13 in our church um you know it was time for dom to play some piano and figure it out and so i had only been classically trained so i had a really hard time just with c major and figuring out how that works with a triad and like just playing the right chord and so but i basically played you know piano almost every weekend our church had 35 people in attendance you know yeah it's a you know and so we had my brother-in-law played bass sometimes and that was pretty radical for a german baptist church oh okay and then i played piano and sometimes we had like an electric drum kit that was turned down so much that you would hear more of the hits on the <laughs> on the drum pads than the actual sound of the drums. yeah on the was, fake plastic rubber yeah, pads you, yeah. yeah it was mainly pl- plastic rubber pad sounds <laughs> and no actual drum sounds so um but yeah so that was like 12 13 early on and I did a lot of like choir work. My oldest brother started choirs in churches and wow. all over Northern Germany for Christians. And so I like conducted um, choirs at like freshman year of high school. Wow. I was conducting the high school choir and I was conducting our like church choirs and literally like putting on musicals and performances as the, the conductor like up front. So, and I would say like, that wasn't, typical worship but if you're talking about what has influenced me in my life and my yeah. leadership yeah like figuring out most of the high school choir was older than i was but i was teaching them parts you know and i was not a cool kid and i never was a cool kid in high school but boy i had like this 150 people choir that i would literally lead all the time and like do parts and that's crazy so, yeah so that's the music side and then the worship side was in my small little baptist church yeah uh, but pretty much every weekend for you know seven years or so until I, I moved to the United States. Yeah. Well, and that's something I wanted to, to get to is uh, I feel like there's something in our brains as worship leaders that unlocks at some point mm. um, that whether it's, I mean, ministry is definitely not easy 
and mm. despite yeah. what uh some worship video channels would have you believe it's it's not sexy either <laughs> sure but there isn't. comes there comes a moment or an experience or even a song or scripture or even a conversation with someone that unlocks something in our in our brains and our hearts that make us want to choose to do this um when when did you know that this was a calling god had in your life Hmm. yeah that's a beautiful question i think so part of it is for sure it was a journey so there's um an overall as i was stumbling into music and stumbling into singing in front of the church at 15 and having no concept of what it means to lead anyone. You know, I was just singing and hoping I wasn't messing up or anything for a long time. And then I think that's where it kind of started shifting for me as in, as in the calling was when some, even like in Germany, one of the pastors was kind of coaching me and teaching me about, Hey, when you pray uh, in front of the congregation, like you can think of it as a pastor leading the, the congregation. He didn't say it necessarily in those words. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you can pray more in we prayers than I prayers because I was always just praying about my own journey or whatever. But he was mm-hmm. coaching me like, hey, maybe you can pastor uh, the people uh, in the room and help them connect. And it was just, I think I loved uh, that switch and that shift because in my heart, I was feeling that I think a little bit already, I really enjoyed pastoring people. And I had this pastoral heart for, for the people around me. And I just, and I think that just came to life in that moment where, Oh, I can, I can kind of shepherd or help or God may use me in a way that I get to um, speak into people's lives a little bit, or that I, I get to come alongside them and, Somewhere in where God wired me, like this pastoral shepherding heart came, comes to life when I got to do that. And so um, I would say that happened in Germany at some point, but that also happened in my, when I, once I moved to the States, I just felt like, man, I really love this idea of pastoring and being, being with people in that way. So hmm. um, I wouldn't say there was like a moment, like lightning bolt type of situation where I went, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Because part of it too was I had no idea that I would be good enough musically, you know? So Mm. I just knew that I loved ministry and the church and relationships and pastoring people. But when I did an internship at a church out here, I had no idea if I was good enough to, you know, musically hang with anyone. So I had no reference from Germany. And so, you know, I wasn't like a ton of other churches out there with worship leaders or anything. So all that to be said, I kind of stumbled into it and then a little bit step-by-step dove deeper into it type of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That what a gift to have someone really without knowing it, Mm -hmm. speak some, some life and some truth into your (laughs) young impressionable heart. Yeah. Not really realizing that they were speaking, you know, it's kind of not to like over complicate this, but like no, that was God, sure. that was the Lord speaking into you of like, this is something I've placed in you. Yeah, for sure. And I was so non-receptive to feedback, you know, as <laughs> sure. we worship leaders are, we sure. just are so sensitive and such creatures. I, I got this. I got this figured out guys. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm 14 and I can play the piano. So I think I know everything there is to know about. I don't know if you've seen the size of the choir that I'm conducting. <laughs> But, I yeah i have a ponytail so you'd know that i know a couple of things um <laughs> my ponytail obviously shows 
I can commit to something. Okay. <laughs> so it also shows that I clearly have no concept of anything, but, um, <laughs> but no, for sure. And he, so this, this idea of he was willing and saw enough in me to speak something over me, you know? So even in my unreceptive heart, you know, how cool that someone saw enough in me to say, I'm going to try to give this guy some feedback. And yeah, I'm so hesitant towards that all the time. So as a leader, even like to do that is, yeah, what an honor. Yeah. No, that's, that's so beautiful. Um, that uh, n- not to make this about me at all, but that reminded me of this was, this just happened four years ago where I was guest leading at a church and kind of in a transitional time mm-hmm. in my leading at churches that comes in between a home church and yeah. I was guest leading at a church and the first morning I was there 7 a.m with this new band I've never met before never been to this church before all I know is that I'm supposed to help create an encounter for people mm. this guy comes up on stage in the middle of rehearsal and he's like hey I'm the senior pastor and looks me in the eye and just says just so you know you are also the senior pastor today Oh, wow. That's awesome. So lead how you're supposed to lead. And I'm, I'm just like trying to fight back tears. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just cool guy here trying to figure out and internally. I'm just like, Oh, thank you, Jesus, for speaking that into me. Like I just needed someone to affirm that kind of sense that I have of, I, I love creating space for people. And, yeah. um, so oh, cool coming to yeah enough about me that's uh no, no i want to talk i want to yeah let's unpack that for 45 more minutes <laughs> oh man that. that's we'll do that on the other podcast about yeah yeah, uh, yeah 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 uh so you coming to america what what kind of made that that realization for you of or maybe, maybe was it even clear of, I, mm-hmm. I want to grow in this thing that I yeah. feel like God has given me favor in. Right. Um, what was the difference between, I, I don't want to say the American church versus the German church, but mm-hmm. kind of what, what was that, that transition for you of thinking, I, I need to go here to develop? Yeah, I feel like so much of my journey is just God's grace or like accidental in a way, because I'm not like moving across uh the country, you know, I, I was super comfortable. I was never in high school going like, Oh, you know, I want to explore the world. I never had that drive, but so I even like, couldn't really explain how that happened that I would have walked or uh, flown 6,000 miles or whatever that is to go somewhere else. But part of it was, I think just the sense of, I really know that I enjoy, I love the church for some reason with all of its flaws and all of its weird things that are happening inside of it. And I really enjoy music. And so maybe there's a world where I can grow in both of those things. So it was for sure this, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to see another experience somewhere else. Mm. And um, the church I ended up at just happened to have the cheapest internship program. <laughs> and so, you know, like I have looked at other churches, but they were the nicest. They offered a host home. And I even had this old Toyota Corolla that was awesome, you know, yep. like 80s Corolla. So uh they just offered all these things so i ended up you know in california and it was so much of it was just a beautiful eye-opening experience to a different world like i came in i think because i had no you know um entitlement maybe even or no like specific expectation for what's to come i just got to receive every day and it was so beautiful because Mm. the journey was just 
man, different culture, learning another language, being humbled by not speaking that language super well. So I would think that I'm somewhat quick on my feet and that my humor is like kind of driven by being a little bit faster or sarcastic. And so like you lose all that. So then there's like this season of being humbled and being treated like, you know, a 12 year old all the time, although mm. you're in your twenties and obviously. So then even that was really good for me and just helpful to know, man, there's like a whole nother life and a whole nother uh, world out there that I'm learning about. And then the, the worship leading was just, man, I met so many rad people, including you that were really talented and really good at, at, at certain things, you know? And so um, just observing other people and seeing um, how good they are at worship leading or at curating moments, how good they are musically, all that just helped kind of give me even a perspective on what that could look like for me to become a worship leader. So, and then the other thing with Germany is Germany doesn't have worship leaders on church staff that doesn't exist there. Mm. So I didn't even know that that could be a position or a, a role to play that, you know, I could be able to do full time or vocationally. So wow, all that was shaped in those early years. And <clears throat> even then I was planning to go back home to Germany and figure out whatever, yeah, you know, but then a job offer came along and, all that kind of started the journey and and but i had no previous expectation that worship leader roles would even exist which me helps me i think personally all the time because i know that sometimes it's difficult when a worship leader kid comes along and they're like i want that really badly and they know that exists yeah. you know that can shape some but for me it was just i didn't even know that existed that's amazing churches pay people to do that <laughs> so yeah yeah so some <clears throat> Some, some do and some don't. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. This is, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm trying to point to the privilege and not. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, that that is so beautiful. Um, and I think just uh, not to get too personal here, but something that I think it's very much like the Lord to elevate humility and what a cool story that you came into an internship with those feelings of, am I good enough? Can I do this? This is a new place. And coming out of that internship, being a full-time worship pastor at one of the most influential churches in the world is pretty amazing. And (laughs) I just think that speaks to, to not only your character, but just like, I, I just, I love how the Lord works. And yeah, I would agree. I couldn't agree more that that is where, and it's been, you know, it's been 14 years in the States now. So I have a little bit of perspective, maybe a tiny bit, you know, and that's one thing, a hundred percent. I just cannot believe that that happened. I, if you would have told 15 year old Dom that that's the journey that's ahead. It's so insane. It's It's so, and so some days you forget about that stuff, you know, but every once in a while to take a step back and, for me, that happens when I see palm trees for some reason. Because sure. I live in California. Yeah. That that is just something that I've never seen growing up for 20 years. And so a palm tree oftentimes will take me out of where I'm at and go, I can't believe what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm so grateful. It's just so insane in so many ways that, you know, the journey that God has me on and had me on. So, yeah, all the time. I've, I mean, maybe I need to do that more. I'm feeling also convicted right now. But. <laughs> That's actually why I have you here. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah this is an intervention, actually. Yeah. Now that we've said that. <laughs> yeah, this is turning a little bit of a corner right now. Here's a list of things uh, that people have submitted that they don't like about you. <laughs> uh, I can tell you those. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, well, something that I think is very unique to you 
and that is very dear to my heart as well is that uh like i did you married a worship pastor and sure did. so tell me how how has being married to anna helped shape your ministry and leadership and how you really how you kind of view uh leading worship at the church yeah well for one um to do to it's a privilege for sure because um to get to do something as a married couple or as a couple that you both are passionate about is really is really beautiful and there's this excuse me hold on there you go there's this sense of um the sense of accomplishing something together that is really awesome and as a couple so i mean couples do it in other ways too i'm sure where you know you figure out something like you're good at something and you do that together or whatever so doing do having that in a, as in a weekly like marriage rhythm mm-hmm. to accomplish something together and to work together on something meaningful i think maybe is more of a secret sauce to us even being together than we may even recognize so we're so grateful that churches are giving us that opportunity and yeah um that we get to do that together because there's so much life and so much joy in it and uh, she is my sometimes she's my harshest critic which is awesome like yeah. we've had an incident where <laughs> i led at a church and she came just to observe the third service at, in that sunday night service and she afterwards on the card right film went well you didn't show up until the third song <laughs> That's the first thing she said, <laughs> which she was right. I was tired of, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> well, you didn't show up until the third song. has been stuck in my mind ever since. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so true. Yes, absolutely. Most most of the uh, harshest critique that I get yeah. as, as, a, as a worship leader, as a pastor as a human comes really from my wife because like like you said like she knows who you are and who god she sees both sides she sees all sides right so it man isn't that so great that we get to have someone so close to us helping sharpen um, weekly weekly yeah it's it's very it's very beautiful and and again i feel like it just has helped so much in to do something meaningful like that, to find something like that. And we stumbled upon it again, like this is, doesn't feel like Dom did that intentionally or whatever, but um, it's been, it's been beautiful. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, to the balance of both, we both care deeply for the church. And so we get to balance ideas of one another and get to challenge one another. And it's like, um, have we done enough? Do we need to do more? Where, uh, where do we, where do we get too comfortable? Where, um, where are we not challenging ourselves or our church enough? You know, where have we taken risks that we, that, you know, where are we getting too comfortable in our culture and our church? And so all of these questions that um, I hope to have with, you know, I have with other people in our church as well, but to start in our marriage is a really cool place to start in that. And I'm really grateful for that. And so the other thing is she's a really good singer, which was really helpful because, yes when someone needs to actually feel emotion, I, I, you know, my voice, I need my wife to do that type of thing. So she'll sing something and, and it, it'll feel a whole lot nicer right away. So even just like the compliment of her ability and um, how amazing she is at carrying a room and with her voice alone yeah, is really cool as well. So I'm grateful for that. And then we get to have a front seat to, you know, seeing God move in different ways, which is, 
so crazy and uh, such a privilege and yeah it's good to be uh together in that yeah 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 that's funny i i find a lot of <laughs> a lot of times people will come up after church or whenever and just be like man i I love when your wife leads that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I know that so well. <laughs> Which I'm just like, I'm taking it in. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Why do you think I locked that down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm very different. I get very offended very quickly. So <laughs> have you heard me sing that song? Yeah. <laughs> Next week, it's just you leading that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing is people will say, um, and this has happened a million times, um, they come up and say, I just want to tell you, you guys they, they say you guys or i want to compliment you guys and they go your wife is an angel and then they talk about anna the whole time it's like what's going on that's not you guys just yeah you know, that's, yeah, yeah. Th that's anna Do you so, know I'm, I'm right here in front of you you are talking to me right now and i get the concept of marriage and being one and but no like i mean don't say you guys that's just my wife <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i agree but yeah yeah well, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that too. Your your wife's voice is is yeah. killer. So yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you touched on something uh, about your kind of your church and how conversations that you and Anna have, mm -hmm. and something that um, I'm extremely fascinated by from other worship leaders, and I try to always, I love having conversations like this to ask this question for my own development, my own growth. Um, what what is something that you're currently teaching your congregation? Yeah. Um, and, or maybe a different way of, of asking that answer, however, um, is what's something that you'd want your church to know about worship? Mm, yeah. Well, and so there's just the fascinating journey for us is um, I took a new role at a new church on March 17th of 2020 which is, you know, a year ago, just about, you know, 11 months, I guess. And it happened to be the first day of official lockdown in the United States of America. So I walked out up to the office that morning and we had a short little staff meeting, already socially distanced, spread out in a room. And then we went our ways and haven't been back together in the office since. Wow. So, so for, you know, for, for me, the journey the last year has been, learning how to lead a congregation without actually knowing that congregation, you know, or getting to know them. And, yeah. and so um, it is very interesting and uh, very humbling because you feel like so many things that you naturally do when you are together on a Sunday just can't happen when you're recording or you're live streaming or whatever you are. So that's already the umbrella of like for this current church that I'm at is, yeah. I wish I would just, know you much more you know so yeah which i guess is our i mean already a point of four worship leaders you know like that's your job is to get to know the people and, and get to know who you're with and get a sense of where people are at and 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 just be with them at least a little bit so that you can tell you know even where where they're coming from or whatever so that that's been super fascinating the other thing is COVID has made um the journey is so much more collective. Like, so we get to kind of speak to, we're all in the same boat in some shape or form. Now there's a ton of pain and grieving and nuances to it all. And people on top of COVID have other things going on in their life, but at least there's a jump off point that I can kind of say, we've been in disruption. We've been in pain. We've been at least uncomfortable long enough. So I can speak to them uniquely that way, sure. which has been, which has been nice. Um, but I would, 
I would start with even what I'm learning is people are really smart. Our church people are so smart. They have really complicated lives and complex lives. They manage having kids and working at home. They manage life in the middle of really painful, difficult circumstances. So when I lead my people and pastor them, I, 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 I want to honor them the best that I can in their most complex lives. So when I come on Sunday, my heart has just tried to be, think of like one or two people in the congregation where they're coming from today and then help them connect, you know, and this is all into cameras. Mm, so yeah. it's not, it's not what I'm, you know, I'm struggling through it and it's not my sweet spot, comfort spot, but I, I'm so desperately wanting for people to find a little bit of reprieve and a moment of, of peace in their week right there on Sunday. And so how can we help them even just close their eyes while they sit on their couch, you know, and just go like take a deep breath in and maybe let the heart feel something, you know? So yeah. for me, like, how can we get there? I, you know, that's, that's not easy, but I think that's for me been like the healthy chunk. People are really smart. They have really complex lives and they will, they will sense, they'll can, they will sense if you're trying to honor them in that, you know? And so no simple phrases, no easy answers, but like real challenge to like connect with Jesus in the home. So the other thing is that's been beautiful is also is, man, the Holy Spirit is available everywhere. So mm. for us right now, it's um, this idea of being self-led is really cool. I talked with my wife about that last night. And that's one of the things she was saying about our culture right now. Is, hey, everyone can, you can engage with Jesus on your own. You know, that's really important. Now, the cool thing is when we come back together as a church, we're having our first outdoor service actually uh, two Sundays from now. Awesome. Um, I, I am so prayerful and so hopeful that people will come back having been self-led in worship and having had to engage on their own and making some real steps when it wasn't easy to connect with God and was very much out of their normal comfort zone that when we come back together, there's this newfound joy this like 50 percent of our people have engaged at home in worship and now we get to be together and this is like cherry on top candy awesomeness because we actually get to be in the same space and you know enjoy that so i'm i'm trying to have an anticipation and i actually do have that it's not just trying i think i really have an anticipa anticipation for what congregational worship will look like at our church now and i'm going to call on that every week until five years from now i'm gonna say aren't you so <laughs> grateful are we ever going to be settling in aren't you you'll never take this for granted right all right so then let's go you know yeah, yeah. that's you know classic worship leader anger coming out you know <laughs> but, but that would be i mean that's a big thing for me right now is this people have come from the self-led space and i'm really praying and hoping that we can build upon that as a church and the culture will shift because there's a bunch of us that have have done some real hard work in the last year in figuring out how to worship at home. And yeah. now we get, now we get to be together. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of, you know, create. Oh, it makes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's man. Uh, I love how, how you said that of kind of tapping into what, you know, the spirit can do and has been doing in this time. And something that mm -hmm. I always try to remind myself of, and a lot of times, even before, before pandemic, um, reminding my congregation of is you can, you can listen to a better recording in your car. Yeah. You can download a, a sermon. You can, you know, you can listen to it at your own, in your own place, but there's something so transcendent 
mm-hmm. that God's spirit can do when we are physically gathered in the same space. And, yeah. and so you're right. Like not, not taking that for granted is, is such a huge thing. And my church, we started meeting back together about six months ago, um, mm. spaced out outside. Right. And, you know, we were able to do that. And there was this moment, this like deeply emotional moment that you couldn't really plan for, but just this realization of like, when we finally mm. came, came out of the cave of, yeah. of pandemic and able to, you know, for those that were able and not all of our congregation was able to for health reasons or whatever, but yeah. being able to gather together, there was this moment of realization of like, we can't, we can't miss out on this. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm encouraged and I'm hopeful even just hearing you say that I'm reminded again of just how God's in the business of using broken circumstances yeah. and turning them to help, help turn people back to him. And, right. and so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how do you think that you will change as a leader in a post, well, hope I'm saying, yeah, saying in faith, hopefully post pandemic, yeah. but gathered church. Yeah. Well, for one, it's reminded a lot of us, you know, to, I, th- I think one of the things for sure will be just from a very practical standpoint for, for churches to figure out still, and for us to figure out like, Hey, the online world is a great front door opening thing. So not to neglect that, you know, now we're learning, we're meeting all kinds of people, not all kinds of, but we haven't stories about church of people finding us online and online only and they they they're connected now and i just auditioned someone on sunday who you know hadn't been onto the on, on the campus so that her first time on the campus was her audition to be on the worship team wow which is kind of cool and exciting and bizarre <laughs> what she didn't know is she was gonna have to stand behind this huge wall <laughs> yes 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 yeah she's not oh, sorry all the all the singers stand back yeah here. You, no just right yeah yeah it's this weird yeah just in the park about 50 yards out but <laughs> but yeah kind of remember even like you know it was my first pandemic audition like that which was hilarious so yeah i love all that. that so i'm just the online space and to honor the online space still you know mm-hmm. to not neglect it because i'm naturally bend towards being in the space with people and but also knowing that there are people that won't be able to come back anytime soon there's been people before the pandemic that weren't able to engage right um so it's um not to not to neglect that completely but then um how i'm going to lead in the space differently is for one i'm going to get to know my people really well and you know just like finally get to have some conversations and but then the other thing is to take risks i think you know this Mm. is a good time to take risks and to be courageous and just to go I'm just going to try something out this week. And if it fails, you know, that's okay. We learned something. And also we, we're not taking for granted that we get to be together. So we're just going to try this, you know, that's whatever that is calling people to be courageous, you know, for some that's, would you just try to open your heart? You know, that's been, so you have so many walls up. So how can you just for a moment, just come with an open heart or for others, it will be like, I'm going to challenge you to raise your hands for the first time or for others. I'm going to challenge you to, to consider this in your life and say, I'm going to give this up to God today and I'm going to let it go. You know, that type of thing. So this just to be courageous and take risks and not take that opportunity of being back together for granted at any point soon Mm. will be kind of my go-to, I think for a while now, six months from now, I'll be fascinated to hear, you know, I mean, hopefully six months from now we're in, we're just having gathered a whole bunch more, but yeah, right. 
Um, that'll be one of my <clears throat> one of my go tos for for a while. Just I'm going to call people to just take a chance, and take a risk, and in turn, our church culture, our worship culture will change. And the good thing is, I'm saying it now on the interwebs, so I actually am now accountable wow, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man, that's so good. Um, and I think you know, I, to to close, I was gonna ask what your encouragement would be to mm. other worship leaders, but I think you just gave it, and so I'm gonna repeat it back to you because it was really good. Uh, get to know your church, get to mm. know the people in your congregation um, because it really is about, like you said, it's, it's about the people that God has brought there. It's not about who right. you think it's, there's actual real lives and they yeah. have jobs and kids and all that. And, and so getting to know them, yeah. but taking some risks, that's such a great encouragement. Um, just even, I mean, that was, that was great just for me to hear that to, mm. just to take risks right now and yeah. not take this for granted. And uh, so, man, Dom, this has been fun. Yeah, super fun. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm honored to be to be a guest uh, with Zach Barker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, we should do it again and uh, maybe have you do a song devotional or something. That'd be yeah, fun. I, I would love that. That's so. all. I'm very honored. I, I'm very grateful for you. And I can't wait to see you in person as well. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm going to be one of those people in your church outside. Yeah, um, perfect. I'm going to yell at you the whole time. I'm going to say, get to know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to see about you. But yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Dude, say hi to Anna for me. I will. All right. See you, man. Bye.